the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, during our study of the Gospel of Matthew, several of you have asked the question, how could the religious leaders not see that Jesus is their Messiah promised in the Old Testament Scriptures? It's so obvious. How did they miss it? Well, listen, they didn't miss it. They didn't miss it. They know that Jesus is the promised Messiah, but they rejected him. Have you ever been in a situation where you could see so clearly that the decisions being made were just wrong? You watch as the decision makers ignore the facts in favor of their own agenda. Maybe you even find the courage to say something, only to be met with cleverly crafted responses that justify the action. Today, Pastor Dan holds the religious leaders accountable for this very same thing during the sentencing and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They knew exactly who Jesus was, and they rejected him anyway. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew 27. We're also going to look at Jeremiah chapter 7. You want to go ahead and find that and maybe put your things to note page in your Bible at Jeremiah 7 so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Jeremiah 7, Matthew 27. Matthew 27, Jeremiah 7. Matthew 27, beginning at verse 1 where it says, When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and went and hanged himself. The chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. 
Lord, we thank you for your word today. And we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. And Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. That you would speak to each of us here. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we are looking at the trials of Jesus And we've slowed down a little bit in our study because these chapters are so important for us to consider. As you recall, Jesus was arrested in Gethsemane. He was arrested at night under the cover of darkness. And then after his arrest, Jesus went through a total of six trials, three religious trials, followed by three civil trials before he was condemned to die on the cross. As I mentioned in a previous study, Jesus's trials before the religious leaders were completely illegal according to their own rules and their own laws. The religious leaders broke at least 22 of their own laws during the arrest and trial of Jesus. For example, their own laws said a person could not be arrested and taken into custody at night. An arrest must take place during the daytime, in broad daylight. It was forbidden to hold a trial at night, according to their own rules. It was forbidden to hold a trial in a private residence or in secret. According to their own rules, trials had to take place during the daytime. They had to be held in the designated location in the temple, a building known as the Chamber of Hewn Stones. That was their their courthouse, just like we have a courthouse where trials take place, so did they. Trials had to be open to the public. They couldn't be secret. Not only that, their rules required that there be at least 24 hours between the trial and the verdict so that the judges had time to pray and fast and seek the Lord for wisdom. So there had to be a time period between the trial and the verdict. If someone was found guilty... There had to be at least three days between the verdict and the issuing of the sentence. The religious leaders violated all these rules and more. They arrested Jesus and condemned him to die. And and one night at nighttime in just a matter of a few hours. Now, John's gospel in John chapter 11 tells us that the religious leaders had met together sometime previous to this Passover to discuss what they should do with Jesus. If you're taking notes, John chapter 11, verse 47 tells us, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs, messianic signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and the nation. That's why they wanted to kill Jesus. Because they were worried his popularity among the people, the common folk, would cause them to lose their place. To lose their status and their position at the top of Jewish society. Jesus threatened their position. And so they wanted to kill him. And hopefully by now in our study of Matthew, it has become clear to you that the religious leaders were corrupt leaders. They were just corrupt through and through. They served themselves. They didn't really serve God. 
It provided a, a lifestyle for them. Jesus, remember, called the religious leaders hypocrites, actors, phonies. He, he said they do all their works to be seen by men because they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus said of these religious leaders, they, they love the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogue and to be greeted by people and the marketplace. They ate all that up. And they fear they may lose their place at the top of society because of the growing popularity of Jesus. And so they began to plot how they might kill him. You know, during our study of the Gospel of Matthew, several of you have asked the question, how could the religious leaders not see that Jesus is their Messiah promised in the Old Testament scriptures? It's so obvious. How did they miss it? Well, listen, they didn't miss it. They didn't miss it. They know that Jesus is the promised Messiah, but they rejected him. John's gospel says that Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not. Isaiah 53 says he was despised and rejected by men. It goes on in Isaiah 53 to say, we hid our faces from him and did not esteem him. That's what the religious leaders did. The New Living Translation says we looked the other way and we didn't care. You know, there are many people today that know who Jesus is. They know what the Bible says about him. They know Jesus is the only way of salvation. They know the truth, but they have rejected him. They've looked the other way, and they don't care. Like the religious leaders, they do not want to receive Jesus Christ because they may lose their lifestyle. Following Jesus may cost them the little place that they have created for themselves in this world, whatever status they think they have. What did Jesus say? Whoever seeks to save his life will what? Will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The religious leaders rejected Jesus because they wanted to save the life they had created for themselves, but they're going to lose it. Ultimately, they're going to lose that status a few years from from this point, and they're going to lose their soul for all eternity, be cast into hell. So after his arrest in Gethsemane, as you recall, Jesus was led first to the home of Annas. And Annas was the former high priest over Judaism, and Annas remained the real power and authority over Judaism, over the temple, over the priesthood. He was the one really controlling all the power in Judaism. It was all under his control. So the questioning by Annas was the first phase of the religious trial. Annas then sent Jesus to Caiaphas, his son-in-law, who was the high priest that year at that time. And Nearly all of the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, were gathered together at the palace of Caiaphas. Again, this is all at night, in secret. The Sanhedrin were gathered together at the palace of Caiaphas. The Sanhedrin were the highest authority within Judaism. They were like the Supreme Court 
that ruled over Judaism. And I say all, nearly all of the members of the Sanhedrin were gathered because Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were both members of the Sanhedrin, and they were secret believers in Jesus Christ. So we, we don't know for sure if they attended the trial of Jesus at the home of Caiaphas or decided to just stay home that night. At the trial at the palace of Caiaphas, Caiaphas the high priest asked Jesus directly if he's the Christ, if he's the Son of God, to which Jesus answered, it is as you said. And remember, in response to his answer, Caiaphas rent his garments, the high priest tore his clothes and declared Jesus guilty of blasphemy. And the entire Sanhedrin gave their sentence that Jesus is deserving of death because he's guilty of blasphemy because he has said that he's the Christ. He's the Messiah and he's the Son of God. But Jesus wasn't really guilty of blasphemy because he is the Christ and he is the Son of God. What he said was true. Jesus will be executed for the truth, for being who he is. They will kill him for being the Messiah and being the Son of God. When he is taken to the cross, the Romans will put a sign over his head stating his crime. What was his crime? He was the king of the Jews. That's his crime. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. The trial at the Palace of Caiaphas, that's the second phase of the three-part religious trial Now, that brings us to chapter 27, verse 1. It says, When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, Luke's account of this tells us, as soon as it was day, as soon as it was day, this council convened. And this is the third phase and final phase of the religious trial. This, this gathering of the religious leaders as soon as it was day. At the very beginning of the day, the religious leaders, they reconvene as soon as it is day. This time they meet in the judgment hall, in the temple, the place where trials are supposed to be held. And remember I said just a moment ago that trials must take place during the daytime. They must take place in the judgment hall, in the temple, and they must be open to the public. So what does the council do? They meet as soon as it was day to quickly condemn Jesus while most people are still at home asleep. So this third phase of the religious trial, it's just a formality. It's a facade. It's a veneer. It's for appearances, so that the trial has a semblance of being legal. Maybe the council does this to appease their conscience. 
to make themselves feel better about their lawless actions against Jesus this night. Again, Luke's account gives us more details in Luke chapter 22. It tells us this religious council, they reconvened at daybreak. They brought Jesus into the courtroom. They asked him two questions, and then they voted to condemn him. That was it. They didn't call witnesses. They didn't hear testimony. This, again, it's just a facade. They brought him in, asked two questions, and then vote to condemn him. The first question they asked Jesus is, are you the Christ? Tell us. To which Jesus answered, this again is in Luke's gospel, if I tell you, you will by no means believe. In other words, the religious leaders have already made up their minds to condemn Jesus, so it's useless to tell them if he's the Christ or not. They're not going to believe. They're not going to have a change of heart. They're not going to change their minds about Jesus, no matter what he says at this point. And there are some people that will never change their mind about Jesus, no matter what you tell them, no matter what you share with them, no matter what proof you show them, they're just never going to change their mind. The second question they ask Jesus is, are you the Son of God? So first question, are you the Christ? Are you the Son of God? The title, Son of God, speaks of his deity. To the second question, Jesus answered, you rightly say that I am. And the Greek is emphatic, meaning it's more like, yes, indeed, I am the Son of God. And so his answer to this question leaves no doubt to his identity. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. And he's the Son of God. And then Luke's gospel again, Luke tells us the council said, well, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. We don't need to have a trial. We don't need to call witnesses to testify. He has confessed with his own mouth of blasphemy. He has declared that he's the Christ, the Son of God, so he's guilty. By his own words, he's guilty, case closed, and the Sanhedrin vote to condemn him to death. And that's it. That's the final trial as far as his religious trials go. And it's just a formality to give the appearance of being legal. And it's at that point, again, Luke's gospel gives us this detail. It tells us that the entire council, the entire Sanhedrin, all of those priests arose and they led Jesus away to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, as we see here in verse 2. But they all go, so they all show up early in the morning at the palace of Pontius Pilate. Now, why do they take Jesus to Pontius Pilate? They've already voted to condemn him to death for blasphemy. Why don't they just put him to death? Well, the Sanhedrin had to take Jesus to the Romans because they did not have the authority to put people to death. The Romans had revoked the power of capital punishment from the Jewish people some years before this. Now, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen is stoned to death by the same council, but that was done in a fit of rage by an angry mob. Legally, the Sanhedrin did not have the authority to execute Jesus. So they have to go to the Romans. Now, hypothetically, if the Sanhedrin did have the authority to carry out the death penalty on Jesus, they would have stoned him to death. That was their preferred method of execution. Jesus would not have been crucified. He would have been put to death 
by stoning. Now, why does that matter? It matters because Jesus had to be crucified to fulfill prophecy. In Psalm 22, which was written a thousand years before Christ, Psalm 22 prophetically describes the crucifixion of Jesus in great detail. Psalm 22, verse 16 says, they, they pierced my hands and my feet. And so his hands and his feet must be pierced to fulfill prophecy. Zechariah 12.10. Zechariah 12.10, the Lord God says, Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. The Jewish people will look upon the Lord God whom they pierced and mourn for the Lord as one mourns for his only son. So Jesus must be pierced on the cross to fulfill Scripture. He cannot be executed through stoning. That won't fulfill Scripture. So they take him to the Romans, and the Romans will crucify Jesus. Now, look at verse 3. We come to verse 3, and we are given the rest of the story for Judas Iscariot. And, And we'll see in a moment why Judas's story is included at this point. So verse 3 says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. You should underline that word remorseful. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Now look at verse 3 again. It says of Judas, it says, Judas seeing that Jesus had been condemned. That word seeing there is important. It means to see with the eyes. To see with the eyes. That tells us that Judas was there. Judas was there when Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin in the temple, in the judgment hall. He was there when they voted to condemn him to death. Judas is there, and he sees it. He sees what happens to Jesus. And as the council begins to leave the temple to lead Jesus away to Pontius Pilate, Judas steps forward, and Judas stops them. And Judas tries to return the 30 pieces of silver that that council gave him as a bribe to betray Jesus. He wants to return the money. It's interesting to me that Judas still has all the money he was given by the religious leaders. He still has all 30 pieces of silver. Judas didn't spend a single penny of the money. He didn't even stop and buy a falafel on the way home or a cup of coffee. He doesn't say, well, I've got 29 pieces of silver. I spent one. You know, years ago, I served on a jury in a bank robbery case. And in the case, these two men robbed a bank. And after they robbed the bank, they immediately went on a shopping spree. They left the robbery and went out and started spending the money like crazy. But Judas didn't spend any of the money. He experienced no enjoyment from betraying Jesus. That money brought him no pleasure at all. All it brought for him was remorse. He tries to return the money because it says Judas was remorseful. He asked- 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.